You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. University of Missouri officially signed defensive coordinator. We're here to talk about it and much more going on with Missouri Athletics. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Art. I'm your host, Dr. Franklin, joined as always by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, how you been? A little bit later episode this week. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, just, you know, watching uh, not college football and that's really about it. That's 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 my life. Been traveling around a little bit uh, and and just reserving three and a half hours every Sunday. It's a great way to do it. Uh, the Chiefs keep uh, winning into the Super Bowl now. Um, if you would have told me that, Gabe, in October that they would be in the Super Bowl, I don't know if I would have believed you, but... Uh, yeah. It's been a good year for football in the state. So It really good. has been. And just remember that Arrowhead is in the state of Missouri. Uh, Maggie, how are you doing this week? Um, I'm good. And can we talk about if you're watching this on YouTube, how Gabe like blends in? He's like camouflaged with his backdrop cool. today. I like he's, that. That's a good, it's very yeah. like blended. In. I haven't um, really thought about that. If I just sit and perfectly steal, yeah. <laughs> he's just like a bobbing head. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, yes, Arrowhead is in the state of Missouri, which is very funny. Kind of that Kansas is playing. I, it's so weird that they're playing just like those two random games at Sporting KC and then they're playing the other four games at, you know, an hour away from their stadium, which I get why they're playing in our Arrowhead because where else are you going to play the games if you don't have a stadium? Because they're not making renovations to their stadium. They are tearing down, tearing down. or their their stadium is gone. It is a pancake from what I have seen. It is gone. But yeah, it is. A couple, couple of years ago, they could they could have played at Free State High School. There's been plenty of room. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they they probably could still, with some of the games, play there. <laughs> they they still don't get that many people at their games, but yeah, I don't know. They will this be is, playing some of their games at Arrowhead. I know this isn't a Kansas podcast, but I did think the irony was lost on a lot of Kansas fans, I think, when that announcement was made that they're playing in Missouri for their home games. Um and like they've they've played the Big Twelve tournament in a state where there is no Big Twelve team for a decade now, which right. is I, like I don't really think it's necessarily like this big flex for Missouri either. Like I don't really care either way. It's just kind of funny. It is. Uh, you you would think you'd want it in a state with your with your footprint, right? Um, but again, Maggie, you make a good point. I don't know where else they really would have played besides if they would have played all of them at Sporting Park. Um, which is a possibility, uh, but Arrowhead is obviously, I think a lot of people from the time that they have completely decimated their stadium, because I think they're building right on top of it. Um, they're building it in the same location. Uh, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to play all of our games at Arrowhead. And look, I mean, the, the, it's not a, not a super easy schedule that they have there, but. Um, Dion will be there. Dion, they play Colorado. At there you go. That is true. I got to bring the big names in. Uh, as uh, Missouri <laughs> did bring in an offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, I should say, excuse me. Um, Gabe, I just kind of want to start. They, they hired Corey Batoon, who has been a longtime assistant everywhere. I think where I first recognized him was was at Old Miss. He was at Old Miss for a while. 
I believe here says he's 32-year coaching veteran. That's older than I am, um, and he's been in this game for a long time. But um, I guess first I want to ask you just about the timeline, because I know that we talked about a couple podcasts ago how it maybe was taking a little bit longer than we, us fans, had kind of anticipated it to be, and uh, why they kind of went with an outside hire rather than the internal promotion. Yeah, I mean, I started hearing pretty early on he's going to look outside. And and once it took a week, you kind of knew, hey, this probably isn't an internal promotion. Because if you're going to do that, you do it like Michigan would did, did with Sharon Moore and just, hey, yeah, we're not doing a search. This is our guy. Um, so, look, I think that it is reasonable based on what I know that he talked to a lot of people and – some combination of didn't find the right fit, was told no, or just kind of couldn't come to terms with some people. Um, you know, and and it's always weird to me with these coaching searches. The most important thing to these schools is that they get to stand up front at the press conference and say, this was our first choice. This is the only guy we talked to. It It doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't care if Corey Batoon is choice one or choice seven. I only care if he does a good job going through it. You know, and I also, by the way, don't care how much money they pay. Um, it's not my money, so pay him whatever you want to pay him. Um, but, you know, I, I post on our board um, the DJ Durkin talk. Like, that didn't come out of nowhere. DJ Durkin was in Columbia. I, I know that for a 100% fact. Um, you know, and generally... When by the time a coach comes to town, that kind of means, hey, we're we're pretty close on this thing. It's not always. And what happened, I don't know. Um, you know, whether Durkin said no, whether Missouri said no, or whether they just kind of couldn't come to terms and Jimmy Sexton said no. Any of these things could happen. Um again, doesn't really matter. They've got their guy now. He's the guy going forward. Um, and we'll see how he does. And, you know, I'm assuming with the amount of big names that he's coached under, I mean, obviously he's coached under Hugh Freeze, he's coached under Lane Kiffin, he's coached under our old buddy Tom Herman, uh, not very long, but he's coached under Tom Herman. I mean, you would think that he's got some good references, right? And we know that Lane and Drink, you know, they chat, so... He's got some people that I would assume can vouch for him. So he can't be a guy that is that bad to have work for you. So well, you don't you don't coach for 30 years and not be good. I mean, all these guys know what they're doing. Even the guys who like Steve Wilkes isn't a crappy football coach. Didn't work here, but he's not bad at what he does. Yeah, right. good in San Francisco right now. Yeah, he's got a pretty good defense. We'll we'll see how good it is, you know, against uh, Patrick, Patrick and Travis, but and Taylor, um, we'll see. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. His numbers are pretty good, and they only got better each year that he was at South uh, South Alabama. I'm excited to see what he can do with better talent, because you know the talent obviously wasn't great at. Hawaii the talent wasn't great at South Alabama it wasn't bad but you know it's not great I'm excited what he can do as drink keeps getting better talent um he didn't even get the best talent at Ole Miss he didn't get the the best stuff he didn't get the stuff that Lane's getting now I'll tell you that he didn't get that stuff 
No, I mean, look, looking at like the numbers, like he had a pretty solid defense last year for South Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and, and the, the defense is pretty good. I believe it's top twenty-five now, fifteenth in the country. Fifteenth. There you go. Uh, so I mean, he's been around. He's had a pretty good defense. Now you're going to give him more talented guys. We talk about a lot with coaches where you see them do more with less. Now they're going to situations where they have more. So specifically, Kalen DeBoer gets brought up in that conversation a lot. And you can almost scale it down a little bit to this, where you're going to have he's going to have a little bit more than what he had at South Alabama. I don't think that's too big of a stretch to say that Missouri has more resources than South Alabama and Mobile. I, I do think that it's it's one of those things where I I trust Drakewood's hiring process because he hit on an offensive line coach. He hit on uh, promoting Blake Baker. He hit on Kirby Moore. So he's hit on these the last three. Like I don't think there's any reason to be skeptical about this hire. I can understand people's um I don't don't I don't know if frustration is the right word, but uneasy change. Yeah, people people do. don't want anything to change. They were eleven and two last year. Please don't change anything. I mean, like, I'm not you're right. I'm you're trying right. to be funny. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's what's maybe frustrating. I laugh out of a, a sense of just, like, that being so frustrating because, like, yeah, you have to change. People will graduate. They can't stay there for 15 years like a like a quarterback in the NFL. Could. Well, well, maybe they can't. You, ne- you never know. It's coming. They might be able to. But uh, it's one of those things where I do think looking at his resume, his resume looks good. It speaks for itself. I don't think there's any reason to really be that upset about it. I saw some people like upset because it wasn't a flashy name, but like Blake Baker wasn't a flashy name. Kirby Moore wasn't a flashy name. I mean, let's give us some time here. I I think also, again, we need to be careful not to lend too much credence to the voice of a very few. Most people I've seen have said, "Eh, we'll see. We got a defense coordinator. Cool. I don't really know anything about him. We'll find out if he's good or not. That's the right approach. I mean, I said from day one, I will not pan this higher on day one because I don't know enough to do that. And here's the other thing. There's a lot of guys who can succeed as the defensive coordinator here. If you talk to any coach that has reached this level, and Eli has said this before too, he said, there's a lot of really good coaches out there that just never, they don't know the right guy or they don't get the right break and they never get the chance to be where I'm at. But there are a lot of people who could do what Eli Drinkwitz is doing, uh, you know, especially just when it comes to X's and O's in football. There's a lot of great coaches out there at different levels. Um, It's just a matter of whether you get the right connections and and get to the right place. I I think the biggest question about Corey Batoon for me is this. His head coach last year was just hired as Alabama's defensive coordinator. So was this Corey Batoon's defense or was this Kane Womack's defense that Corey Batoon called during games? And that that matters, right? We'll we'll find out. Um, But... He was working for a head coach with a defensive background. So kind of like we had the questions with Kirby early last year, like, hey, Drake's still going to be involved here and all that. This is now his show. He's in charge. And I actually talked to a couple people during the process that said, one thing that that I think people don't think about is if you're a defensive coach, if you're a DC and you go to work for an offensive coach, like you're kind of out there on your own. If this defense takes a step back, that all goes on uh, on Corey Batum this year. Whereas last year, Kirby Moore came in and the offense was better, but not a lot better. A lot of people would have still said, well, yeah, but Drinkwitz is an offensive guy. Drinkwitz shares some blame for this. There's no sharing blame here. He's the offense. His background is offense. The defensive coordinator is essentially the head coach of half the team. And so, 
you know, it, it, and again, I'm not saying that that having worked for Kane Womack that that he wasn't in charge of anything like I have no idea. I, I don't know what the dynamics of the South Alabama defensive meeting rooms were. Probably never will. It's just something that I think is at least worth asking. One of the things I really like about this hire is I know a lot of fans worry about like defensive schemes and whether they're gonna have to the players are gonna have to learn a lot of things with, you know, all that. And I know we've talked about the personnel and like the turnover and we have a lot of turnover, so that's kind of good. But I know he runs a lot of similar schemes to what Baker ran anyways in the four two five. And I know he runs a three three five as well. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what he does game? Yeah, I, I mean, the truth is a lot of these guys do a lot of things. Like, they, they'll have – every coach will say we're multiple, right? Yeah. Um, like, his ba- he may run a 3-3-5 three, three, more often than a 4-3. He understands a 4-3. If he comes in and he's got a team that's been recruited to play 4-3 and he's got the guys to run 4-3, he's going to run a 4-3. Um, you know, there are very few situations – I mean, Buddy Ryan invented a defense, right? So – the 46 defense was kind of unique to him. But for the most part, these guys all know all these things, right? It's the same thing with like people, who's the defensive ends coach going to be? I don't know. I couldn't name a defensive ends coach, but I promise he doesn't know any grills Kevin Peoples didn't know or vice versa. They're, right. you know, they're largely here to recruit. So, uh, and I don't want to say a coordinator doesn't matter. It does matter. But I just think that we tend to hyper-focus on these things a little bit more than necessary. If he can come in, can get his guys all pulling in the same direction. They have a good vibe in the meeting room. And, oh, by the way, he has some talent. Like, Missouri got four dudes on that defense last year that are probably going to be drafted. I imagine that helped Blake Baker look a lot better. Um, you know, so, I, I mean, ultimately, that's that's mostly what it comes down to. Yep. We'll see how that goes uh, with everything in terms of uh, scheme. I wanted to get to watch some South Alabama to just to kind of have an idea, and obviously, but I just didn't have time before we did this podcast. Well, you're ahead of me because I didn't want to watch it. There was no time in my life where I said I'd like to watch some South Alabama. Phil, I'm sicko, so I mean that like kind of tracks. But uh, I was down in Dallas at the East West Shrine Bowl. A couple of Missouri guys there at the East West Shrine Bowl. If you're listening to this podcast here. We do have audio interviews with uh, J.C. Carlisle and Harrison Mevis up on this audio channel right now. We got to sit down with those guys, talk to them about their journey, about their career at Mizzou and kind of how they're attacking this NFL draft process. Long process here as they are basically training for a track meet before the combine and then they will train to play football again. Um, but Missouri's got some good guys in the uh, Shrine Bowl right now getting a whole or in the, in the Senior Bowl getting a whole lot of buzz, a whole lot of attention. Uh, so first we're going to take a break, then we'll get back and talking to uh, just these all-star games, what's going on uh, with all of those guys there. But we got to tell you about our friends at homefieldapparel.com. they got all kinds of good stuff for you to check out there. Um, if you go there, you find a shirt that you like, and it's your first time on the website, first time checking out, you can go use code KCSN23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. It's not just for you either. If you are a good person and want to buy a gift for a friend who maybe goes or attends another university or is a fan of another university, you can do that there too because they have 150-plus colleges designs. It's vintage made fresh. The kids love the vintage stuff, so be hip, be cool. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the code KCSN23 for 15% off at checkout. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. 
We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into Mizzou. That's who. It's draft season uh, for all but two of NFL teams, uh, one of those being the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody is uh, honing in on the draft. College All-Star Games. Now, this was the third year that we've gone to the East-West Shrine Bowl. I believe this was the first year that there was a Missouri player there. There was two Missouri players there uh, we got to sit down and talk to. But the one game that I was most impressed by, and I don't know if if people can really tell this by like the TV, but J.C. Carlisle is a big dude. Like he is, He's a very big safety and you can tell his size and his athleticism just like from the safety individual group when he's standing around. Like Kenny Logan was there specifically. And Kenny Logan, good safety for Kansas, he towers over him. He's, he's so much longer. He's so much bigger. I think that could translate really well at the next level. 
Barry Odom and his coaches told me when JC was a freshman, he would play on Sundays. Um, just the physical tools um, that that they saw, they said he's an NFL player. Um, of course, I you know I, I'm not a huge like measurables guy, but I, I saw from your tweet he weighed in at 231. So I wonder, like, I don't know how much Willie Gay weighs, to be honest. But I wonder if in certain schemes, somebody will play JC at linebacker. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think the 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 question at times has been the coverage skills here. Nobody's really questioned his ability to hit, you know, and he comes up and plays run support really well. If he goes out and runs a 4-4, sub four or five yeah. at the, the combine or pro day or whatever. I could see certain teams saying this guy can work it outside linebacker in what we do and, and that getting him drafted. How much did you say he weighed? 231. 231. He's got to put six, he must six three, three maybe. Is that right? Six three. I think at five eights or something like that. So almost six, four, five, one. His his wing like he had thirty four and I don't have the tweet up in front of me. It was like thirty four and some inch arms. Like he's got long arms. He's got an incredible wingspan. His hands are big. Like I was looking through his measurements because we got the official measurements sent to us uh, from the folks at East West Shrine Bowl. And I immediately when I saw that I said that's a linebacker. They they played him down down in the box a whole lot. So they were moving him down, uh, kind of when they had odd fronts up there with wide receivers. He was playing in the box a whole lot. He did for Missouri too. But he's 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 playing in the box a lot uh, down there in, in Dallas. I just looked it up. Willie Gay is six one two forty three. So you're talking about twelve yeah. pounds. Um, you know, I, I now look if if somebody thinks he's I know he's played safety his whole life. If if somebody thinks he's athletic enough to to be a safety, that's great. But I can easily see him as either you know kind of a nickel or a, or a linebacker or type. You know that that kind of hybrid player in the NFL. What about Mevis though? Like kickers don't get drafted very often. No, they don't. He he had a rough first day of practice when we were there. I think he, I say rough, and he missed like two, like a fifty-eight yarder, right? So like right. like he he hit everything within fifty, uh, and like I think the two that he missed were both from like fifty-five plus. Uh, the second day he hit two, he hit two fifty-eight yarders. Um, so I think that that was probably, you know, obviously a lot better. Uh, but man, what I was impressed with me, this is the first time I've ever I, I talked to Harrison Mevis. He's very confident. Like, he's a very confident. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's very like, yeah, like I hit big kicks. He, he he had a quote where he said, I hit big kicks and I'm here to show it. And I said, Okay. All right. I love that. Like he's, not, he's not I mean when he was a kicker. When he was struggling last year, we would kind of ask him, you know, is it how do you fight there? He said, No, I'll make the next one. You know, I, and he's low key hilarious because he doesn't talk all that much. But he, it, 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 it's like, I don't know. It's arrogant. Like he is arrogant and that's fine. I don't say that as a negative thing, but like he clearly, the way he says things, he's like, well, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time talking about this here. I've got like seven words. I'm really good at this. So let's just move on to the next thing. Yeah. And he has excellent celebrations. <laughs> the crazy thing is his brother's a really good kicker too. Who kicked at Iowa? Who kicked at Iowa State last year, or not? Obviously, last year, but the year before, and never got picked up by anybody. And 
like in the NFL and he accidentally hit a coach with a field goal or something like that? Like it, it went so offline and hit a coach and he got cut like two days later? Yeah. I'm not making this up. This was an actual story that happened. If you go and listen to the interview, Harrison actually told us his, his brother just signed with the Battlehawks. I don't know if that's official yet, but like his, his brother just signed with the Battlehawks. I, I follow his brother on on Instagram, and he's always kicking like far, like I mean far, and obviously he doesn't have pads on or anything, and um, but I mean he's kicking the crap out of the ball, and I'm like, how has this dude not been given a chance to do anything? And I mean it's hard. I mean it's hard to be a kicker, and I'm, I I wish Harrison would have stayed, you know, one more year. Obviously, that's just me being selfish too, because you know that kickers don't get drafted, but I don't know. But you also... Bill Belcher's not there anymore. Never mind. But you also want Harrison to, you know, he had the chance to become the all-time leading scorer, I think, in NCAA history. And I think that the Alabama kicker just became that, so I think he had the opportunity to break that record, and you just... You're like, oh, you could have gotten the record. Not not everybody wants to be Tommy Boy and spend eight years in college. Like... (laughs) Some point, like I don't know about you guys, but four years I couldn't have done another one. And I like yeah. I wasn't like I was just like I don't want to go to any more classes and do this. Like I I want somebody to actually write me a check and make some money. I'm tired of homework. I didn't want to do exactly homework. Like I don't want to have to pretend I care about all this stuff. How much school do, are they even really going to though? Because I had some school, I had some classes with some big names whenever I was in school. What they weren't going. They weren't going they very much, to, and they weren't even. They, they weren't to. even making nil money. So, but like they have to go to some, and they have to turn in enough assignments to stay eligible. They have to take tests. It, they're they're going to more than none. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So I had tweeted out a video. Um, this is a couple of days ago from practice where Harrison Mavis did hit a fifty-eight yarder, hits the back of the net above the crossbar. Like it probably would have been good from like sixty-five. Um, my mentions were flooded with Detroit Lions fans. Detroit Lions fans are de- are desperate for a kicker. Uh, I, here's Why? The, They're never going to use him. I, yeah, well, I think it's good. It might have it, it came out that the kicker things actually might be sucked. related. Yeah, yeah that, right. that kicker might have actually sucked. That's why they didn't use him. Uh, but Detroit needs to get thicker. Um, there's one tweet. Uh, get ready to learn Detroit, buddy. The future Detroit Lion. Welcome to Detroit. Like, I'm getting flooded with people who are Detroit Lions fans saying, Let's get this guy. People say you didn't use a first round pick on him with Dan Campbell's draft history. I mean, hey, look, he's not known to he's not known to take the most valuable positions. It will be amazing if Harrison Mevis <laughs> is the first Missouri player off the board in this draft. Hey, Buffalo needs a kicker, right? Yeah. <laughs> look, people need kick- I, I I am confident he will find a job. I, I'm sure he will be kicking on Sundays. I'm sure he'll be kicking in the preseason. That is a tough job though. If you like miss well, one. The, right. The problem with kickers is there's only 32 jobs. Yes. There's no such thing as backup kickers. Right. Nobody has a practice squad kicker. It's just, yeah, I don't know if our, I, I mean, a couple of years ago when Butker got hurt, the Chiefs were just going and signing dudes like, yeah, you used to kick in the NFL. We'll give you a shot. You know, like they, they don't keep, if there's not a backup around. The punter just kicks. If if someone gets hurt, right. a punter just kicks. Or Justin Or Reed Eric Reed, or Justin Reed kicks. Yeah. <laughs> You have a guy who used to kick a little bit in high school who now plays safety for your team. That is what uh, you got. But It really is amazing how little importance is put on like such a huge position. Because like 
outside of quarterback, I could argue that it might have the most direct impact on winning and losing. Like somebody asked me in my mailbag this week, would where the glaring holes? And I said, I, I don't think they have any glaring holes next year, but one of the biggest questions for me is, can they replace Harrison Mevis? Because like, I can just directly point to multiple games over the last two years that were decided on whether Harrison Nevis made a kick or not. Oh, and sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he didn't. Right. right. Didn't always work. But, I mean, how many other positions, how many other guys are you consistently pointing to? Because they're only on the field for, like, you know, five plays a game maybe. But, man, they're they're all, like, no other position or points being determined every single time you're on the field. Right. Mm. Good point. That's why when you look at the all-time scorers in NFL history, there's like Tom Brady and kickers. <laughs> and Jerry Rice. Right. right. That's yeah. it. It's, it's, it's like all. Um, but let's flip over to the Senior Bowl because there's been a lot of buzz. Practices just started on Tuesday uh, for the Senior Bowl. They had official weigh-ins. I was really impressed with how Darius Robinson weighed in. He weighed in at 6'5", 286. Uh, ten and four eighths inch hands. That's a huge hand, by the way. And if you're not, uh, if you're not familiar with kind of how those goes, thirty-four and six eighths inch arms uh, as well. You can simplify that fraction, but I'm not. Is that to... is that length or that's just a single circumference? Uh, I thought I thought maybe it was just biceps. That's true because he's got some he's got some huge <laughs> guns on him, and uh, he sh- he showed off showed out on on the yeah. senior bowl practice the first day. He looked really good. What I think uh, about Darius is. He can play on the outside and the inside. We saw him. We saw him do that for Missouri a whole lot. But at 286, he holds 286 really well, and he he he, he looks good at 286. I, I'm going to be interested to see at the combine what he weighs in at. I don't know if he's going to move either way, or if he wants to get a little bit lighter. It's a little heavy for like if we're talking about the Spags prototype edge that he usually likes. It's a bit on the heavy side for it. Um, and if he wants to play edge like- at the next level, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I don't know how much weight Darius can cut. You look at that dude. Yeah, that's fair. He is not, like, there's no fat to get rid of. He's lean. You know, um, and he uh, he can go, like you said, he can can play kind of either way. And I don't know if you guys saw Jim Nagy, who's the director of the Senior Bowl, tweeted out, I think yesterday, um, one of Darius Robinson's coaches here gave me a comp that if I put it out, it would change a lot of people's first-round mockers. Um, so I don't know who that is. Some people on our board were speculating. Maybe it's Chris Jones, like another guy that you look at and you go, there's no way he's 300 pounds. Right. And I don't, I, I don't know. That's high praise, right. For a guy that I, I don't know if that's the comp or not, but I'd be interested if later on in the process, Jim Nagy ever will say who that was, um, that, that he was told, but Darius and, and Chris Abrams drain were the two guys from Missouri that I saw that a lot of people had really high praise for the first day or two. Yeah, all, Go ahead. There was a there was a really good um clip of Javon Foster too. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. going one on one. Um and I mean he was a freaking brick wall in that clip. And yeah. Yeah, I think someone's gonna get a steal and maybe a day two, day three type guy, but man, he I'd be surprised if Foster's there on day three. I think Robinson, Foster, and Rake Straw are Definitely gone in the first three rounds, maybe in the first two. Uh, you know, because Ennis is all of a sudden, and he's not—he's uh, not there this week. Injury kept him out. Same with Tyron Hopper, but 
and this is popping up on first round mock drafts more. Matt Miller had him early, like he he was on him early, but now Dane Brugler I think has him twenty sixth. Kuiper has him up in, in the first round. Like you're starting to to really see his name pop up a lot of places. I talked to actually Matt Miller just this just this last week when we were talking about the Missouri corners and with Abram Strang going there. I was like, hey, like I. I know Rick Strauss from getting a lot of buzz, but I really like Abram. Like I like I like KD a lot. Like I just love how he plays the plays the game. And look, he he, he was a very productive corner. Like Gabe, you and I talked about it a lot. Like why don't they th- why why do they keep throwing at him? Well, they had to keep throwing at him because Dennis Rick Strauss was on the other side of the field. Well, and it, it's the classic debate of potential versus production, Absolutely. right? Um, because I, it, most Missouri fans that watched games would say KD is the first round draft. Well, he's also 173 pounds. He's 5'11". Um, you might question how he holds up against the run and against some of these physical guys, whereas Ennis, you look at him and, yes, that's an NFL corner. The way he is built is an NFL cornerback. He doesn't have the production that Chris had in college. So, you know, which it, I think it kind of depends on the organization and who's making the pick. And, well, I mean... Look, I don't care what you could tell me. Chris Abrams drain weight 126 pounds. I watched him play for four years. He can play. Yeah. You know, um, I, I mean, I'm we mentioned the Chiefs a little bit. Like, why are they good? Because they have guys that just the defensive coordinator can say, just go follow that guy. Like, just follow, just cover the ever loving hell out of him. And that's what Missouri had last year. They had a couple guys that they could mostly say, yeah, just just stick with your guy. And that Chris was really good at that. Like. He didn't get beat very much at all, right? I mean, even when guys were making catches, he was he was right in the picture. Um, and so I'll be interested to see, you know, because most people I don't think have him as a top two or three round guy, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I was just trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, nailed it. Um, actually, Ennis was on the sideline because he's trading down in Dallas. He's... But he's not like actually practicing anywhere. Was not practicing. He was. He's training down in Dallas. He was there to see uh, JC, and I had talked to Ennis actually for a little bit. Said he's feeling good. Uh, said he said he's just working on. Uh, I believe Matt Miller even reported he had that. Uh, it was a core muscle surgery in December. Um, so it, something that might be pretty similar to maybe what Jerick McKinnon had. Uh, I know Jerick McKinnon had a core muscle surgery. Um, and look. Matt Miller, very high on Ennis has him at 19, I believe, on his big board. Like, he has him, like, 19th overall. Uh, he's been very impressive. Coaches, uh, from what I hear, have also been very impressed with him just when when they go and look at the film. But, um, again, Javon Foster, he weighed in. Like, he weighed in, and you're like, yeah, that's an NFL tackle. But, like, they've got some guys now that I can remember some offensive linemen or some – you know, Isaiah McGuire, I think of too, is like a little bit of a tweener body, right? There's some guys that have like tweener bodies of like positions. But now you're seeing these guys like Darius Robinson, Javon Foster, uh, JC Carlisle, uh, you know, guys who have these bodies are like, yeah, that, that fits the NFL mold. These are the NFL bodies that they're looking for. And they're going out and proving it. And I think another guy who is going out and proving, uh, who was a big winner from day one of practice. Now, as we record this day two of practice is still going on right now. Cody Schrader, Cody Schrader really impressed at the first day of, uh, of of Senior Bowl practice. They were uh, really just seems like the story of Cody Schrader. Right? He's impressed literally everywhere he's gone. Yeah. Um, but weighed in at five eight and two eights, uh, two oh seven with a twenty eight inch arms. That doesn't necessarily matter for running backs all that much, uh, but a little bit smaller than maybe I would have anticipated. But he runs, he plays a lot bigger than that. 
Can I give you my NFL draft 100% guarantee? If Cody Schrader is not drafted, he is a Kansas City Chief within like six hours of the draft, and you will see him in St. Joe. I mean, local guy, Missouri guy, you know, you won't convince me that Andy Reid doesn't doesn't try to, to get a Missouri guy or two in there every year. Like, if he does not get drafted, and, and he might get, I, I don't know if he'll get drafted or not, but if he doesn't, I would be stunned if he doesn't get a shot in Chiefs camp. It'd be yeah. awesome. They do have that local pro day that the Chiefs always do. They put on the local pro day just before the draft, I think maybe a month or so before the draft that they will do. And, and you always do see a couple of those guys, if they do go undrafted, they will end up in a Chiefs uniform for training camp because they do need camp bodies to get this all filled out. But uh, as we get closer to the draft, man, it's been an exciting time uh, for Missouri and the prospects that they have. I think they've got a chance to have a lot of guys drafted um, and, and, and guys have some very impactful NFL careers as well. Can I, can I drop breaking news here on the podcast? It's not breaking news, but I did just get a text message from somebody down at the Senior Bowl that said, I was just talking to a coach who thinks Darius Robinson could be a first-round. Wow. Oh. So, you know, I mean, and... Like, I, I always go back to Gary Pinkle said that Don James always told him, when you start getting guys drafted, that's when your program takes off, right? And if they get two guys picked in the first round, I mean, it's because we 100% know they're going to have one next year, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, yeah. there's zero very question. Yeah. They have a top half of the first round pick next year in all likelihood. So... If you're talking about three, maybe four first round picks in in two years, you know, I mean, then that's the type of stuff that gets you noticed by kids. And it is why it's somewhat important when they do Monday night football. Hey, you know, University of Missouri, whatever. If it the more it pops up, the more it's on on kids' minds and the more of an impact it makes. But um, you know, it I I, I think that every I'm not sure there's a kid that that Missouri fans will root for more than Darius Robinson. I mean, when he came here, what he turned into, what this program turned into, and just, you know, I, I did, Gerard and I did a, a, an interview with him about a month ago, and just, I mean, phenomenal kid, you know, and, and the type of guy that, like, I am usually not big on the please Kansas City draft every Missouri guy. Like, I don't want them taking Ennis Rakestraw but yeah. I would be perfectly happy if Darius Robinson was on my team. Yeah, I do wish Nick. I, I do wish Nick Bolton said Mazil, but I understand he with does players. Sometimes. Does he? I've seen him say it. Yeah, I've seen him say it a few times. I understand players saying their high school or where they came from because I I get that. I really do understand when they say that because like that is it, it's showing players like from their neighborhoods that they can you know get out of where they where they came from like I get that but man sometimes you just wish that they said University of Missouri or or something like that because it's just such a such a gut punch when they don't say it yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we're going to disagree on that one well you, I mean you, like it, it it's helpful but they can say whatever 
Oh, no, they can say what they want. I, I agree. I, like like I said, I get why they don't say it, but you just wish sometimes that they did. Like in the Super Bowl, like I I wish he would say Mizzou, but I he said it at the Super Bowl parade. He did. He, he did yeah, he no, he scene. did. He said he said in my Z and that was awesome. So yeah, it was pretty. I was there. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. So hey, good good show. Football season. Yeah, it's definitely football season. <laughs> well, nothing else is going on. Um, nothing. We, we, well, I w- I would like to mention that a winless team in the SEC is a five and a half point favorite in the basketball game tonight. That's how well things are going at Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're not a dumpster fire of a, a team. Well, I mean, the, I mean, wait, no, borderline no, dumpster no, fire. I, I They're actually the, below our. Okay, 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 okay. I meant in the locker room, not that type of a dumpster fire, because they've got a lot of stuff going on that's not yeah. just on the court. Most of which, let's say, is almost <laughs> certainly untrue. Like, almost I get certainly. it, but uh, yeah, look, yeah. you know, let, let's just get that on the record that this is yeah. in all likelihood just yeah. the internet being the internet. Yeah. In fact, but I've had a few it. people tell me, I, I've actually had a few people tell me it was actually started by Missouri fans on the internet. Oh, so. it absolutely was started by Missouri fans on the internet. But they've still got, they've still got players walking away from, oh yeah, they got it. from the team. And, and I know I have a friend that runs the PR department of, uh, a company that just did a photo shoot with Devo Davis literally last weekend. And then the next day he stepped away from the program and it's just a nightmare. So I don't even know what's going on and it's, it's crazy town. So it'll be interesting. I assume Trevon Brazil will get a warm welcome back to Mizzou arena tonight. I know, uh, (laughs) I'm sure the antlers will be on their best behavior and I won't be tweeting out anything super embarrassing and humiliating that they might say to I'm not touching that one. Yeah. <laughs> you tried to trick me. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> Tucker's not taking any bait today. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, so we better end the podcast before before I do say Perfect. something. So that's going to do it. Uh, for this week's edition of uh, Let's Do That Too. Look, we'll be following these guys' draft prospects and draft kind of stock kind of as we go. I'll be at the Combine as well. So I'm going to do my best to try to get some... Uh, uh, to to talk with some of these guys at the combine um, as the as the uh, as the draft process moves on, so it's an exciting year for Missouri football and just the prospects they have. I think this might be the most exciting year that you know I can remember in some time for Missouri and their draft prospects in the NFL and how many guys they could be put possibly put in the league. So uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, uh, that's Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson. I'm Tucker Franklin. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.